Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. Jerry Rose. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Oh, I haven't heard that tone in a long time, baby. We are Sportscast Radio. We're back. We're running into some issues. I'm trying to see how the sound works here. Um, I think we're live and rocking and rolling. I'm excited. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming in with us here. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something here to see if we can get, get Mr. A. Mello in here. We're going to – I think this is his cell phone number. We're, we're, we couldn't get in the – we couldn't get in through the actual normal way, so we're going to try to see if we can do this like a telephone call on the air. Let's try this. No, we're going to get some random crazy. Who the hell is calling me? Paul answered. Doesn't work. Uh, I'm hoping we get this going, guys. I'd love to have this to happen. Uh, you know, it, it's it's been a long time since we've been with you on Sportscast. And I, I, there's so much I want to discuss, and there's so much I want to talk about. Um. Let me let me really quick just pause and set y'all up with with a little bit of a, just a, just a quick break. Uh, first one of the night, uh, knock it out of the way. Just kind of now that we know we're on, let's uh, give ourselves some breathing room and see where we can go from here. So give us give us two two and two. We'll be right back. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative gear stand. When you send a message, your name will identify you to the other caller. Record your name after the tone. Hey yo, it's Sportscast Radio. You need to record a new greeting. Record after the tone. Hit any key when you're done. Ryan Cook and Jordan Jistra give you the best in sports of the week with real MVPs, spit takes, big news, and obviously those rumors. Strong Style Media is available on iTunes, 
Stitcher, iHeartRadio, blogtalkradio.com. That means anywhere. You're connected. Say hi. You a fan of hot takes that make you say this? Join me, Ryan Cook, and my co-host Alex Mello every Monday night right here on Strong Style Media. We'll give you the goods from New Japan Pro Wrestling, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, Stardom, All Japan, Lucha Underground, and many, many more. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio TuneIn, Player FM, and now on iHeartRadio. As always, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Strong Style Media as well. And you know, you get us on social media. Hit us up. We got to get back to the ring. It's time for the man. You have the lowest fantasy football winnings I've ever seen. You have earnings dysfunction. I recommend DraftKings. And if you draft the perfect lineup in the free opening weekend contest, the prize is $1 billion. You said a billion dollars? Billion. With a B. This is, this is, this is money. I, I know what that is. Play DraftKings free $100,000 contest week one. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion. Orgullosamente Latino hasta la muerte y después. Worldwide Latino pride. The ambassadors of violence. LAX, k Dog, the notorious 187 homicide. Bang, 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 Alex, first and foremost, I need to apologize that we've had the same commercial since, I think, Bound for Glory, uh, which was like seven oh, weeks wow. ago. <laughs> Whatever, I want to play the LAX theme for that no-canvas board. I just thought it was my welcome what back music to sports uh, Sportscast Radio. Yeah, like I said, I have jacked. We, we've been back in forever. Uh, we've been talking the about band doing this. back together. We, it's like Eddie Jackson and getting the band together last night in the end zone at Soldier Field. Chicago Bears, oh, baby. Man. That's what I got to say. Damn. You know, if if the damn Vikings for 55 minutes would have played football and not just played for five minutes, they might have <laughs> won that game. But, yeah. Yeah. The whole three and a half quarters, they didn't do it. Because that was the one thing I was talking to somebody, um, a couple people who were Bears fans, and they were like, yeah, I mean, you know, we played an okay game, but, like, we didn't do anything, like, remarkable. And I'm like, yeah, that's no, because was, the Vikings didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, you just, you could, and then the Vikings would pick the ball off, and they would go as far as the interception went. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, the Vikings' defense was, I mean, just as dominant. I mean, I still think they are, you know, a top five defense, you know, record or not. Um, I mean, they, I mean, that's a strong ass eight. And oh yeah, that rotating secondary is nothing to slouch at either. But I mean, when the Bears score what three defensive scores, you know, and just you know, kind of get everything there, the offense wasn't there. Cohen, you know, had his fumbling, you know, troubles. I think Howard, you know, might have had a sip of Gatorade. You know, Trubisky was your, your you know, your second-year Trubisky. 
you know, he, he's not what it was, you know, the first four to five weeks of the season. You know, it's it's kind of that cool down at the moment, but it's fine because we're riding the wave of this monsters of, of the midway defense. You know, yes, do I think Mitch Trubisky is better than Trent Dilfer? Yes. Is our defense, you know, as good as that Baltimore Ravens defense? We're getting there. Is Khalil Mack, you know, a, a better non, you know, allegedly, you know, murderer, you know, Ray Lewis? I would say so. He's looking like it. I mean, he's MVP caliber. He's made that defense go from, you know, above mediocrity, you know, before the season, before the thank you, John Gruden, for this wonderful trade, trade, um, you know, happened where – it's just been insane. Like, it's just been the spark that has been needed, you know, for both sides of the ball, for the organization, for, you know, for Nagy being a, you know, first-year coach. So it, it's wonderful. You know, again, my heart to the Vikings fans because, again, I thought this was a team that easily could have won 13-3. and three. You know, the record is as surprising okay. to me as, you know, is the Bears' record of 7-3. and three. So, you know, it's it's a wild league. You know, there's still, what, five, six weeks left. So, I mean – it's all, the fun is just beginning, and and that's the exciting and, part. You, know, it's telling too. I think, I think what not a lot of people are playing out of this Chicago game is you look at, you know, they lose week one just by a point because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. What are you going to do? You know, yeah. so you take that away. But they 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 beat a mediocre Seahawks team by a touchdown. They sneak a victory away from the Cardinals. They blew out Tampa Bay, who's not a good team. They beat the mm-hmm. Jets. They blow out the Bills. And they beat Detroit. And they came into this game, and, you know, they're not – their record, I think, was better than they were. I think it that 6-3 and three was – Yeah, but was the Bills blew out the Vikings. So what does that say about the Vikings? True. The, that says the Vikings only and play up to the competition. They were literally <laughs> true, true. We were a hair away from tying Tom Brady and New England and getting that momentum in the yep. overtime. Literally a hair mm-hmm. away. Granted, we didn't play. We played like the Vikings did last night where the first three quarters, three and a half quarters, like, where are you? Until like the very, yep. like, where was that, you know, 48 minutes ago? And, and to be fair, they only lost by a field goal to Miami in Miami. So it's not a bad loss, mm-hmm. but I think yeah. by going on Sunday night football and getting a, a, a convincing victory more than what the score said against the Vikings who are considered a, a high caliber team, I think yeah. that was the stamp of approval for me where I know they were six and three. I know, you know, they should, two of those games were by a thing, you know, three points or less. They very well could be in that nine and one with Casey. LA and New mm-hmm. Orleans before the Monday night game. But I feel like getting that, that can, that nice victory over the Minnesota made me go, okay, I, I believe this team now. Mm-hmm. And that was what I think was the, you know, cause, cause you watch Nagy at the end of that game and even he looked like, Whoa. <laughs> I'm so glad we got this win. Like this was yeah. this was a win that our team needed to really make our make people look at us and go, okay, I get it. You know, they just beat a really good team. And and like you said, the Vikings' record I think is worse than this team is because this team's a lot better than they are. And you know, just like you said, mm-hmm. they got blown out by by Josh Allen and the Bills. Well, 
you know, they, they play down to their opponents. And I think that's the, that's been a yeah. Vikings failure for years is, you know, they, they play a weak team yet they go and, you know, they, they do what they do against the saints and Eagles and Rams, you know, which are all games where they mm-hmm. should have won or won, but they Agreed. can't put up a point against the bills hardly. So it's like, they've always had a problem with that. And, but it's you know, the trap if that's game. what I mean, they the did. Bears has always been a trap mm-hmm. game for them too. When they, you know, are are true. you know, kind of coming off a, a wave. So like that's very true. That was very true. Next week. Um, but yeah, you know, that's going crazy. Back to you guys Vikings, got Detroit two out of three weeks. Two out of three games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and Detroit pulling off the victory yesterday, where I you know turned it off. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was like, Carolina has this, whatever. And then, you know, an hour later, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, shit, we play the, or, oh, we play the next week. Hey, uh, thank you, Spotify, uh, Strong Style Media, right on Spotify. Subscribe, rate, <laughs> all that good stuff. Um, but anywho, I but, Spotify uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it's, you know, of course, let's we'll switch to the Viking side here. I mean, of course, you know. Cousins is, is such an anomaly. Like, I mean, he he's a good quarterback. I mean, he's, a, he's above good. I wouldn't say he's elite there. Yes, he can throw four or 500 yards every now and then, or he'll have like three and a half quarters like he did yesterday. You know, whether it's, you know, turnovers mm-hmm. and such. A lot of people, you know, saying, hey, you know, it was signing, you know, Kirk Cousins a bad idea, this and that. I would say no. I would say the line, you know, had to do something with, you know, kind of, you know, what Kirk Cousins, you know, fumbling or, you know, the pressure or whatnot. So, I mean, obviously, try talking these fans off the ledge of, you know, Cousins being a signee. Or do you agree with that that statement? Oh, I I think Cousins is doing fine. I mean, you know, to be fair, if, if he didn't overthrow Diggs in that third quarter, you know, they'd potentially win this game. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, they had Diggs wide open, and, you know, he got trigger happy and just he mm-hmm. starts running down the field and just Brett Favre the hell out of this thing as hard as he can. And, you know, Diggs is great, but he's not getting that ball. And they ended up getting no points on that drive. I mean, there's there's your there's your touchdown to come back. And, you know, who's to say the game doesn't take a different turn, obviously. But, I mean, yeah. that that was the start of that Vikings comeback where they put up – the 14 points, you know, very quick there on those, you know, two, three minute drives, they should have had 21 with that, but he, he overthrew him and it is what it is. And Vikings now, you know, two and a half, or, you know, two games back on Chicago. I think it's very telling the last game of the season, December 30th yeah. at uh U.S. Bank <laughs> is against Chicago. So depending how things go, it could be for the division, which to, to be fair, you know, I, I know, I was talking to Jen about it, and I know she really wants the Bears obviously win the division, but she kind of hopes that we get some intrigue when we go to the game because we got ten yard mm-hmm. line first row for that, you know. So, <laughs> so we both for the for the sake of the the whole hall, we don't want it to be a meaningless game, yeah. you know. But Minnesota goes Sunday night football again next week against Green Bay. We're at home, which is nice. But then we go I mean, to you New England, and then we're back on Monday night. Game. Is that kind of scary? Yeah. Well, yeah, because then after after New England, we stay on the road and we go at Seattle Monday night. Jeez. Oh, and and I'll <laughs> tell you what, if so now you know there's another another night game. What if we blow it? And you, you look at exactly what you said and the way that this flex scheduling goes. Say the, say the Vikings win enough, and you know Green Bay's out of the picture, and Chicago maybe takes an L or two, and. 
Snell, Minnesota, and Chicago are for the division, that game probably gets flexed to a night game. So Minnesota has two or three more night games now. What if the Bears and the Rams take – or wait, what date is this? December – oh, the Saturday game. They have the Saturday night game. Uh, week 14 where the Bears and the Rams play and then the Vikings. Oh, no, that's uh, Monday and Sunday. Never mind. My mistake. Yeah, that's going to be a fun week for me. Week 14, Bears-Rams on a Sunday night and then Vikings-Seattle Monday. Yeah. Yeah, those will be those will be. Oh yeah, ninth and tenth. Excuse me, I was going the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, and and right now the the Vikings are still in the wild card. You know, yep. they they would be playing they they would be playing the Bears in the first round right now. So it'd be a rematch going on at Redskins Panthers with uh you know Rams and Saints getting the two buys. Yeah. So it's it's tough. It's going to be tough as to what happens and. You know, it, it's almost like the Bears and Vikings are destined. They're going to play first round regardless. Because even if they come back and take the division because of what, where Carolina is, and if Carolina, you know, keeps sneaking out victories, aside from this loss they just had, um, you know, they, they may play week 17 in Minnesota. And then if that game's for the division, they may come back the following week and play in U.S. Bank again for the wild card game. Mm-hmm. I mean, does Chicago even go home? Hey, that'll be good for the uh, for the NFC Central, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would just stay there. I mean, <laughs> we're playing in the same I mean, building. We're going to that game. We're going to that playoff game. I mean, when when that happens, so I mean, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> media, Sportscast Radio, Russellcast Radio, check us out uh, in the future, 2019, uh, at TCF. Their uh, Bears Vikings at the playoffs. Hey, why not? Let's screw it. Let's make it for the NFC Championship. Let's go. That would be better because if they play in the wild card game, I'll be in, I'll be in Tokyo still. <laughs> I'll be missing the uh, the first round of the playoffs watching pro wrestling Noah. That's Sunday the 7th. <laughs> as long as it's not well, DDT. Giant pandas <laughs> and naked Sunday wrestlers. Shout out to a uh, dude hitting like a giant foot stomp moonsault gimmick on a dresser. Uh, Mao, I think it was, did it? Mao? Right, yeah. God, oh. that was like, so painful. That was the most random rumble ever, a royal rumble of weapons. But you know what was not random? Uh, this little uh, faction called the Sendai Girls. My gosh. Uh, Miko uh, Satomura, as I put in my notes, yep, she and is Kisan the truth. Miyagi. Yeah, she, they're, they're no, the I don't know if you remember, uh, back in June, I think it was, when we did our fantasy women's draft, you took the Sendai girls after me and Demetrius were talking about them. <laughs> and you took oh, uh, yeah. the two of them oh, well, and, no, <laughs> and uh, Dash Sago and made them a six-man tag against Becky, Charlotte, and I think Sasha or something. Or Becky, Charlotte, and Natalia, I think it was. Man, I was I looking like back at that. Match. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. The, the story they told with Maki Ito, um, yeah. she was a little, like, schoolgirl-looking one who was just getting her ass beat. She was giving them the How finger, she gave... man. She was... Yeah. Oh, Miko Satomura said, okay, you little bitch. And yeah. she whooped her. And when she did that cartwheel to the back of her head and killed her. 
and then and then she comes slapping her ass. You're trying to fight. By the way, um, um, two crazy things coming up here. Just just uh, not to get too Russell cast heavy, but on um, the the one four show that the Check Tokyo Joshi Pro I mean, show on Spotify, Strong Style Media, Russell Cast Radio. Yeah, uh, the. The Tokyo Joshi Pro Show that we're going to before Wrestle Kingdom, the main event mm-hmm. is Miyu Yamashita against Maki Ito for the title. So the little girl Whoa. who got whooped up by uh, Satomura. But on the, uh, the when, it, when is the 25th? This Sunday is the next DDT show. It's the last DDT show before their like, G1 that they run in December. Wow. In a special in a special challenge match because she thought just because I couldn't beat Sonomura, um, I can beat anybody. So Maki Ito, that little cute little girl who got her ass kicked, challenged Kanosuke Takashita to a match. Wow. Probably is pretty pissed after getting his ass kicked by Shima. (laughs) Oh, the young lion, indeed. (laughs) But one more of that. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how she's going to combat with that, but. So, you know, um, one thing I want to Adam Thielen, of course, getting yeah, uh, another thousand yard. See, sorry, what was that? No, keep rolling, keep rolling. Sorry. I was no, cutting you off Adam there. Thielen, of course, last night, uh, you know, getting his second straight um, thousand yard season here, which is great for me. Um, but also, um, you know, great for the team. You know, he's him and Diggs have been, you know, uh, especially feeling having a fantastic year. Of course, he had a little bit of a nagging injury, you know, kind of coming into this week. Do you know if anything, if it's something to kind of look for, you know, look at? I mean, obviously, two weeks in a row, not the best two games, you know, that he's had, especially coming off, you know, multiple 100-plus uh, uh, yard games here. Um, something that, you know, Viking fans should shake off or something that we should be a little worried about. I just say we, what? I'm not, I'm not too worried. I mean, to be fair too, they also had the issue with Diggs who didn't play two games ago and Diggs was back to this game. So I don't, I, w- I wouldn't look too much into it to be fair. The the Detroit game though kind of made me a little, uh, yeah, I mean, four catches, 22 yards. Ended that streak of eight straight games with 100 yards, uh, which is incredible. But, I mean, I mean, like you said, he's cracked 1,017 TDs. He's still got six games left to play. So Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, <laughs> 1,500 yards is, is definitely in, in vision. I just, you know, I mean, it was what it was. And I think when you look at the fact that it was Detroit, they were at home and they were beaten on Detroit, I think a lot of that's just more precautionary. Is he going to be, I mean, is it Beckham, the highest paid receiver? Is he going to reach that once his contract's up, do you think, with the progression that he's made? Because, I mean, the Vikings will pay him. they got to pay him. But if I'm, if I'm Adam Seelan, I go, look, this is my hometown team. I'm undrafted. Nobody was willing to give me a chance. They gave me a chance. They put me out there, and they put me in a starting role, and I've succeeded from it. Look, I want to get a payday, but I understand yeah, but the, the importance. Yeah, I mean he did, and and that they gave him the opportunity to have that that opportunity. Well, yeah, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, but his play you know, also they, put him in that position. Mm-hmm. And and they also took a chance by keeping him and letting other people go. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think part of it too is because you know it, it was cost efficient. I won't lie about it, but you know there there was other people they could have kept that they chose not to and kept going with stealing and saying, look, it's you know we're going to make this work between us and we have a good good chemistry and a good connection and the fans are like you know the fans like you you love playing at home and and I think he's going to get paid. But I also think mm-hmm. he's not going to be the guy who goes, I want this or I'm out. I think yeah. he, well, he's no, smart God, enough no. to know. But I think he's going to get going to get paid well. And and I don't like. I think some people are going to go. Well, he should be paid like a top five receiver. Okay. Well, let me see him perform like a top five receiver for more than eight weeks. You know, he two was the number two, two to date. But Diggs had a better year last year, didn't he? Yeah, but he's still crap. I mean, that, that's pretty damn proficient, not only as a receiver in the league, but for a Minnesota receiver where, you know, the quarterbacks yeah. haven't been added. And then to get two, you know, receivers in that, I mean, that's – I mean, there's a lot of, you know, variables on, on who can go for what. But, I mean, Thielen and Diggs, I mean, the, the, I mean this is a great combo – that you guys have, and hopefully Cousins, you know, and that offensive line, you know, can kind of stack some things up. Because, I mean, like I said, you know, going before the season started, you know, hey, I was like, if the Bears go 7-9, and nine, that's a win. Obviously, hey, we got our 7. It's only looking up. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, I still think the Vikings is the better, you know, are the better team, you know, in the long run. So, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, it, you know, it, it, it will damn sure get interesting. Um, going over yesterday though, what do you or uh, on Sunday since yesterday is now Monday? Um, what was the biggest surprise? Um, was it the Packers losing to a, a pretty dominant looking Seahawks team? The Titans getting decimated after decimating uh, New England the week prior, or the Raiders beating your Arizona Cardinals? Well, I mean, you got a one-win and a two-win team. Something had to break. They only beat them by two points. Garrett Carr's your leading passer with 192 yards. I mean, you know, let's not break the bank here. <laughs> when you don't even get 200 yards out of a quarterback, holy shit. Um, <laughs> that's pretty hey, that's rough. That's the Bears MO, um, man. I mean, besides the cutler every now and then. I I will say I thought I thought the Giants well see but Tampa's not there you know here's here's a story for you Tampa Bay has had the same thing happen multiple times now where they have benched their quarterback mid game and then the new guy comes in and almost wins you the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they bench Winston for Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick goes nuts. They bench Fitzpatrick, and then Winston goes nuts. Like, how many – should they just do this every day? I think that was that was a surprise. I hey, think Philly getting blown up. And, Brady and look at Brady. So, obviously. <laughs> you know, uh, New Orleans getting blown out 40 – or blown out the Eagles 48 to 7. out, yeah. I think it's pretty telling. Um Philip Rivers throws 400 yards. Was, he... uh, was a fluke? I mean, a, a fluke's a strong word. I, I read a few headlines were saying, was last year a fluke for the Eagles? No. I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, Nick Foles and, and that offense was just, you know, off the charts, the defense, you know, yada, yada. I mean, that NFC Championship game, you know, shocked the world more so than I would say the Super Bowl, it seemed like. Um, but, I mean, yeah, this Eagles team, I mean, you build on that offense. You give them multiple weapons there. You you can't have a quarterback to throw anywhere. I mean, where what do you do if you're the coaching staff of the Eagles? Where do you I go? think the Eagles overachieved. I really think that team overachieved. Because if you, if you look at the NFC Championship and you get rid of that strip sack that that they ran back for a touchdown on when when Case Keenum got stripped. Uh-huh. I think that changes the complexion of the game because once that happened and they're now down two scores instead of down one score and driving down the field, now they started getting overly aggressive instead of playing a nice paced game that they were playing, you know, near the end of the season that got them where they were going. And it, and it, it turned and, – and the team's not built for a shootout. And once that happened, then they threw the pick six, and now you've let up two defensive touchdowns and you go into halftime down 21 when you should have maybe been down seven because that was a 14-point swing on that fumble. Yeah. So I think that was – that was no. and I'm not saying the Vikings win this game. I'm really not. And to be fair, in that Super Bowl, you know, New England didn't do themselves any favors either. Um, and if I remember right, I can't remember if it was Carolina or or the Ram- or who it was um, in the or the Falcons, one of those teams. But Philly didn't have the easiest time, if I remember right, in the divisional game. Mm-hmm. Um, now I could be way wrong, and they blew them out. But I just I remember I remember the Vikings beating the Rams and going, "Wow, we handled the Rams way better than the Eagles handled blank." And I thought it was Carolina. And you know, to be fair, look what they're doing this year. They're not doing anything. You know, this this team is not not performing well. And, and they've added yes, like that's the scary thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. They you the know, Falcons New Orleans is on a whole new 10. level. Though. You know, yeah. look, look at how good Drew Brees is playing. Look at Michael Thomas, how good he's playing mm-hmm. out there. Look at look at Alvin Kamara. Even their defense. Mark Ingram, who's the backup to Kamara puts up 103 yards. Traquan Smith, who's like the number three receiver, 157 and a touchdown. I mean, everybody is performing on that team, and I think that is a a definite change um, that really makes a difference on on what's going on with that team. Drew Brees, I mean, the fountain of youth uh, could not have come at a a better time for him, that's for sure. Uh, (laughs) And then that includes everyone you just mentioned on, on that team there. Uh, tough break for Alex Smith, um, another, you know, leg break situation. Uh, while the Redskins were looking pretty good in the NFC East there, um, not rumors, but they signed uh, douchey quarterback Mark Sanchez. Collar Kavanick still not uh, not playing, but, you know, whatever. Mark Sanchez uh, unfortunately is. Uh, Washington just gave up, right? I mean, they threw in the white flag. I mean, to, to be fair, they're still in the division. Well, true. But I mean, Mark Sanchez, still, I swear, if he wins the division, I'm going to stop watching the <laughs> now. Well, and, and I, he's going to be the the backup. Um, no, I mean, yeah. Colt McCoy is going to be the starter for sure. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you talk to Jay Gruden, 
Um, even Adam Schefter said it too. A lot of people were putting over that Mark Sanchez signing was literally for him to help coach up Colt McCoy. They're, they're not expecting him to play whatsoever. Schefter thought it was a smart move. Gruden said it's a lot of the leadership and his experience as to why they did it. So it it just leadership. seems like – because, I mean, Mark Sanchez was – wasn't Mark Sanchez just – oh, no. Never mind. That was the other USC uh, guy, uh, Carson Palmer, Matt that's Leiner. on the NFL now. Matt Leiner, too. They're all on the NFL channels. But, it, you know, it sounds like it's literally done to – help coach this kid, you know, and, and to be mm-hmm. honest with you, I, I bet you if for some reason Colt McCoy goes down, they sign somebody else and don't play Sanchez. Nah. I, I, and the, I think some people might, <laughs> you know, but it's, they got, you know, they got a game lead Dallas now after getting that last win um, against Atlanta you know, there's people. People got to look at Dallas. Is still three and one at home. They, they're two and four on the road. So four of their last six are home games. I mean, if they flip three of those, they go eight and eight. Washington struggles. Dallas can win the division. So I think that's one beneficiary that not a lot of people are looking at with Dallas is they're a 500 team with with four to two home to road games left to finish the season. Philly, I have no confidence in. And I have no confidence in the, in the Giants whatsoever. No, no. And <laughs> Dallas you, is at home. Three, that you have ten billion dollars to buy the uh, Cowboys, as Jerry Jones says. That is his uh, starting uh, tag. Yeah, they there. can kiss my ass. <laughs> you know, you, but to be you know, look, look at this. So, so Dallas is at home against Washington. If they win that game, now they're in first place. Yep. Um. They play at home on uh, a, thir- a second. They play two Thursdays in a row. They're at home against the Saints. It's probably a loss. But then the following Sunday, they're at home against Philly. If they take that win, now they're seven and six. They go at Indy, which they could steal that game. At home against Tampa, and then at the Giants to close the season, they could go nine and seven. You know, they, they they've won two in a row, beating Atlanta, Philly they're on the right track. I mean, it's not like they're coming into this opportunity with losses and a losing streak. So, I mean, if Jackson can run like he did last week, I mean, uh, that's, I mean, that will make all of Prescott's weaknesses, you know, kind of fade into the background. If Jackson, Jackson can keep running like he, like he did. Are you talking about Ezekiel Elliott? Or Elliott, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, he had 122. He had a good touchdown. No, no, there's – I know, I knew where you were going. You're thinking NFC East. Yeah. Sean Jackson, I was thinking. Because um, he played for, like, every team but the Cowboys in that division. Um, but, you know, Elliott's played no, well I, the last couple like, games. Did I just say the ex-wrestler Ezekiel Jackson? Is that way? really just out of the core? That's what you, that's that what you were doing. I'm not enough. I can't give up. <laughs> but Ezekiel oh, that is so I mean, like awesome. I mean, because he's been, you know, kind of like, you know, very meh. But, you know, again, where it just kind of breaks that out, where, you know, Prescott was looking, eh, you know, as well, you know, and, and everybody, you know, like I said, just forgets that, you know, aspect. I mean, like you said, they get a win, you know, on Thursday against the Redskins. They're in the, you know, in the lead and probably, you know, going to take that division there. Um, 
out of the NFC so far, though, I mean, like you said, we, we have the Rams, you know, which we'll get to the crazy Monday night game, which you, you got to see. Uh, you know, and then, of course, you have, you know, the Bears, the Vikings, uh, the Redskins, but let's be real, the Saints. I mean, Panthers, you know, minus the loss yesterday, who knows, you know, what, what they could do to kind of, you know, have a late stretch into the season. I mean, who who is the best team in the NFC right now? I mean, Carolina right now is on a two-game losing streak, and I think that's got to be concerning to fans when you start 6-2. and two, You get blown out by the Steelers by 31. You lose to the Lions in a game you should have won. Now you're going – you're playing at home with Seattle. I mean, you got Seattle, Tampa, yeah, Cleveland. Three winnable games. It's fine. But then they got so two, two against the Saints. I mean, really yeah, I was about games. to say, it's those two. Yeah, that, that you definitely uh, – I mean, if you get that first one, oof. That's some good momentum and, into that uh, and, finale. You know, not to not to keep touching on Dallas, but I think I think the Amari Cooper signing was a smart or trade was a smart move. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's got a touchdown in his first game, and even if he's not blowing everything out of the water, he's he's at least attracting traffic, and he's giving mm-hmm. Dak time because there's people are you got to pay, pay attention to him. But you know, if I if I had to lay my money somewhere. Saints are nine and one. Rams are ten and one. I don't know. I mean, the Rams six and zero at home. They're four and one on the road. They they continuously do what they need to, but you look at them. Their only loss came with a ten point loss in New Orleans. So they lost against the Saints, where you know Saints have played one less game because they you know they had their bye. Rams haven't had their bye yet. But if you look mm-hmm. at the, the Saints. They lost a shootout week one against Tampa Bay when nobody thought Ryan Fitzpatrick would ever be anything more than a <laughs> scrub. After that, yeah. you know, nine straight. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's like, and and they're, you know, the, they beat the Bengals 51-14. They beat the Eagles 48-7. So they're, the Redskins 43-19. Giants 33-18. You know, they allowed only 18 to Cleveland. They're their defense isn't – they only allowed 20 to the Vikings, 23 to the Ravens. And I know it's 35 points, but they only allowed 35 to the Rams. And if you look at their schedule right now, they have the two Carolina games, they have Atlanta, they have Dallas, they have Tampa Bay again, which they're going to want blood, and they have Pittsburgh. They can go 13-3. and three. And they might be the team to beat NFC. Ooh. Saints Vikings NFC Championship. Oh, let's hope that same dude's covering digs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you, you, you want to look at the the AFC. I think the Chargers with Rivers throwing that pick six mm-hmm. there. I think that was one of the biggest tales of the week because if he doesn't throw that pick six, Chargers are eight and two now. When they when they make up their game on the Kansas City bye week, Kansas City and the Chargers are tied at nine and two now. Yeah. And I, I was saying from from day one that this LA Chargers team is not a team to to sleep on. If Keenan Allen stays healthy with how good Philip Rivers is, you got Joey Bosa back there, and let's not forget mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon. That's a stacked team in core positions. You know, yeah, pretty, they're, uh, they're playing. Hopefully, they got a, they get a good bounce back against the uh, the Cardinals this week. Um, you know, to kind of break or get back some of that momentum with that uh, that heartbreaker against the Broncos. 
Broncos. And, and um, you, look, I, you look at you look at the Chargers too. I mean, aside from this loss, they're a plus thirty three difference. Yeah, I mean they're putting points yeah. on the board. God, the Bills are a minus one. The Raiders are a minus one twenty three. Holy hell! <laughs> Saints are a plus one thirty nine. God, that's brutal. The, and here's here's the telling one. Dallas five and five is a plus thirteen. The Redskins at six and six and four winning the division are a minus one. Oh jeez. So the Redskins as yep. division leaders have a negative points. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> you know what but else I, is You know, insane. and that's what right. we're doing pretenders. Yeah. Or, or should I say absurd, uh, people panicking, uh, saying the Patriots season is in danger with a record of 7-3. and three. Um, I mean, tranquilo, right, to the Patriots fans out there? Yeah. You're 5-0 you're and all at home. <laughs> you know, okay, you're you're two and three on the road. Okay, I understand that. You know, Tennessee played a great game. What do you you know? What are you gonna do? Jacksonville was just on that game, and you lost no. to Detroit. You know, okay, I, I it is what it is. But you know, they're the, they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Bears. They beat mm-hmm. the Packers. They beat the Texans. They beat good teams. They beat division leaders. You know, you the Bears, the Chiefs, yeah. and the Texans are all winning the division. They beat all of them. And you they know, beat Aaron Texans Rock. are seven and three. Texans have the same record as the Patriots, but the Patriots have a tiebreaker over them. You know, like you said, they beat the Packers, which is the main thing. But you know, they they've beaten three three of the other seven division winner leaders. Mm-hmm. I don't know what people are freaking out about. Yeah, it was uh it's a big when I was kind of seeing it, seeing it on the rounds there. Uh, Chiefs losing a, uh, a shootout uh, with uh, with the Los Angeles Rams there, uh, dropping a nine and, and two again, fifty four to fifty one. That game. If you have the NFL Network, uh, record that replay. Uh, I know I will. Um, I mean, Chiefs nine and two, like we said, Patriots seven and three, Steelers seven two and one, uh, Texans seven and three. Um, I mean, and the Chargers, as you stated, seven and three as well. I mean, pretty wide open for the first time in the AFC, where it's kind of you know take your pick. Well, Ryan, you know, with you know five weeks left here, take your pick. Who who do you think uh, is a uh, early kind of favorite to come out of the AFC at the moment? I think after what I saw tonight, Kansas City still is. I mean, it's 54-51, and this is after Kansas City was down by 10 and scored two touchdowns in like three minutes to make it 43-40, and then they put up another one um, in the final three minutes after the Rams took the lead back, and then the Rams scored, and then Mahomes threw two – no, to be fair, Mahomes threw two picks on the final two drives, and that's after they made the Rams punt and got a second drive. But I'm not mad about those picks because you're losing and there's a minute and a half left in the game. So he took a chance to win the game. He didn't care about his stats. He went to try to win the game. So yeah. I, I can't fault him for that. Those picks don't matter to me. And, you know, in my eyes, you get rid of the junk time. He had six touchdowns to one pick. through almost 500 <laughs> yards. <laughs> you know, and, and – 
It's it's against the Rams who have a crazy offense too. And this is a game that was supposed to be on neutral field that got moved to an LA Rams home game, and they still almost beat them. Thanks, Shakira. <laughs> it was Sean Paul there too. Sean Paul. Sean Paul. The one was given the light. <laughs> Pass the Bacardi Lamont. <laughs> That's what he says in that song. Yeah. I never would have guessed that. I always thought it was different. Yeah, like, he's talking about baklava. I swear, for like the longest time, I was like, wow, they really like baklava in Jamaica. Tight. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> so, I mean... Um, Who's the biggest disappointment? Two teams, one from each uh, division, Ryan. The two most disappointing teams so far in twenty in the 2018 season. What, what, you want one from each conference? Oh, yeah. Well, even said, better. Well, I was going to say two one divisions from each division, but... Oh, sorry. Which division are you looking for? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So if I'm going to, I, I just want to make sure you... Um, to be fair... Injuries definitely changed this, but I thought San Francisco was going to be a playoff team. Obviously, losing mm-hmm. Garoppolo doesn't help, and you go two and eight because of that. Um, yeah. But I, you know, to be fair, I think if you look at the NFC, it's a lot of what nothing really is crazy. I didn't think Philly was that good to begin with, so that's not surprising. Maybe the fact that Green Bay is under five hundred that kind of surprises me too. Um, you know, Atlanta is good every other year, it seems like. So the yeah. fact that they were great two years in a row, I thought, well, they're definitely going to take a decline. But, you know, I'm not surprised about Tampa. I knew Arizona was going to be bad. Seattle's coming down from being really good. I'm not expecting the Giants to be that good. I, I guess I'd have to pick only because only if the Garoppolo thing makes it hard. So I guess if I don't want to take that easy route mm-hmm. – I guess, God, I guess they go the Packers at four, five, and one. That's a, I mean, um, that is a a, a difficult uh, thing if you're from uh, from the Chiefs state there to kind of, uh, I guess, swallow because I mean, let's be real, God for, oh, I mean, they're not going to beat the Bears, but you know, say the Lions do, you know, win in two weeks, and you know, when the Packers lose this upcoming weekend, you know, the Lions are might dethrone the Packers and put them in last place. How baller would well, that be? To, be? to be fair, if, if Dan Carlson didn't blow those kicks in overtime, yeah. they don't even, you know, they're tied with Detroit. And and Green Bay is an interesting one, too, because realistically, the tie, since the tie isn't a loss, this team's undefeated at home and hasn't won a game on the road. Hmm. Which is wow, that's really wild. Telling, uh, yeah. You know, if they're not in Lambeau, see a bye. And if they're in Lambeau, well, game over is almost what it feels like. So those those are kind of, you know, those are kind of interesting, but they're not too, nothing too telling. If I had to really pick something, I think it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought this team could come out of the AFC like they should have last year. They should have beat New England, but they got conservative and they blew a 14.4 quarter lead last year in the AFC championship game. Um, I thought they were going to come back better and ready to go. And, you know, they're three and seven. They're not yeah. playing well. 
and now you know Jalen Jalen Ramsey's tweeting, y'all are gonna y'all are gonna miss me when I leave or or when I'm not here, like, and he's saying it's the Fairweather fans that when they start winning, you know he doesn't want them back. But a lot of them are thinking, you know, does that mean that Jacksonville's gonna move on from him to try to re rebuild already? You know, I mean, if that's the case, hi, <laughs> I, I'm I'm here in Minnesota and I would love to have Jalen freaking Ramsey. <laughs> you know, I mean, that guy shuts down Antonio Brown. You know, hello, what's <laughs> going? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm calling Pitt. Where's that? Where's that damn soundbite? I'm calling Pittsburgh and giving him this one right here. The, uh, the I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, hey, <laughs> right here. I mean, we, we, even with Ramsey, mm-hmm. I mean, has been so underachieving. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. been head scratching. I mean, it's, I, I, yeah. I mean, Bortles, I, I knew was never really truly the answer when they're like, yeah, Blake Bortles is the future. I'm like, I'm still not sold on him where it seems like he's been in the league for what, 10 years, but it's only been what, four or five. And I'm like, good God, man, just, just retire already. But I mean, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that, that for me is one of the, the surprising, uh, stories of the year so far, three and seven. I, you know, like you said, I mean, they, they've been on everybody's radar for the last four years, and then finally when they break out last year, you're like, oh, finally, you know, we're, we're going to get that Jacksonville team in 2018 to be a contender, and then, nope, back to the bottom of the cellar. And, and I mean, if if you want to look at things, too, also, to be fair, I mean, Fournette's been hurt a lot of the year. Marquise mm-hmm. Lee's on IR all the year. You know, their their third string tight end, Ben Koyak, is their starting tight end because Austin Severian Jenkins and Niles Paul are both out. They're starting they're starting both of their left tackles are on IR. They're starting centers on IR. They're starting guards questionable. They're start their backup right tackles on IR. So everybody is injured on this team. So I think that you know, that doesn't help either, but mm-hmm. to be fair, I mean you know, your secondary is Barry, Chor- Barry Church, Sean Gibson, A.J. Bouye, and Jalen Ramsey. You, that's that's Legion of Boom 2.0, if not better. You still have Miles Jack and T- uh, uh, Telvin Smith in your linebacker core. You've got Clarence Campbell, Marcel Darius, Malik Jackson, Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, you you potentially have eight pro bowlers on that defensive end, that defense. You shouldn't be losing a lot of these games. And I understand if your offense doesn't help you that it's going to hurt. You know, when you lose a 9-6 game to the Titans, yeah, yeah, you should win that game. But you're losing 40-7 to seven against the Cowboys. With that time for a record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Colts, they're on a, they're on a six-game losing streak. And they were 3-1. and one. Yeah. And, you know, I understand a lot of it is because of these injuries. But... I mean, they need to run the table to have a chance to to do anything. You know, if if you look, at, you know, you can go as far back as the preseason. You know, they they were they were six or seven to start the season with preseason, and they lost six straight. You can't you can't be losing three home games like that. Yeah. You can't be losing. You know, you can't be losing forty to seven against Dallas, who at the time was, I think, under five hundred. I think they're two and four. You know, oh, man. I mean, they got the Bills coming up. They got the Colts again, the mm-hmm. Titans again. They got the Redskins, you know, Sands, you know, Alex Smith. You got the Dolphins, who, I mean, granted, that's at home, and Miami's been, you know, pretty on point at home. 
then to end the season on the Texans, I mean, anything is possible, as they say in the WWE. <laughs> anything is possible. Or if you're on a boat, and, uh... I guess. <laughs> Hey, I want to ask you. Was that the T-Pain one? Yeah. Where he, yeah. Where he uh, stuffed the mermaid? <laughs> as, as politically correct as they can try to make that. <laughs> hey, so, so I, I want to I change something here. Let's have some more NFL. But something I wanted to go right in with you on um, an hour later because NFL is just so damn fun to talk about. I knew that was going to happen. It's, that's how we always go with, when we end up talking about this stuff, and that's what makes Did it great to me. But like, so so let me let me ask you this here. You know, everybody was was assuming. What did you think to start the season? Realistically. Did you think the Lakers were a playoff team? Did they have a chance to make the playoffs? I think forty, the the third seed to the eighth seed last year were, were a forty eight and forty six win teams. So it was you know you needed about forty you needed to be about forty six and thirty eight to get in the playoffs. Forty seven yeah. and thirty nine or forty seven and thirty seven to get in. So. You know, the Lakers, I think, had won 34 games. I think they won 34 and 48 last year. But realistically, I mean, what was what was your expectations with this roster with, you know, Rondo and those kind of guys that they brought in on these one-year deals just to take up salary until next year when they can get another free agent? What, did, what were your expectations on this team? I mean, honestly, I, I like the moves. I like how it wasn't, you know, big, flashy players to start off. It was like – Defensive-minded, you know, basketball veterans. I, I liked what they were kind of doing there. Um, playoff-wise, I, you know, I wasn't expecting maybe, you know, maybe a sixth, seventh, or eighth spot. You know, nothing, you know, too insane. You know, something that seems, you know, pretty realistic, you know, kind of at the moment here. But, I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm kind of excited to kind of see what's what's going to be happening Next year, if that kind of makes sense, but I like how LeBron is kind of mm-hmm. like old man Logan in a way, um, where he's not taking any guff and he just pretty much throws it like it is. It's kind of like Kobe, you know, in that sense. The last couple of years, where he just didn't care and just was like, "Come on, guys! Like you're you're better than this," you know. Where you know, and, to the younger players, I like you know, that. Anyways. I like that that aspect of you saying that because you know one of the things that he had said to. Um, you know, and everyone's like, damn, nobody can get a meeting with LeBron. Well, it's because Magic Johnson was sitting in his driveway at 11 or at 12.01, you know, because they knew this was going down. Yeah. Um, but the, the one thing I like about this, sorry, I'm scooping some ice into a glass here because there's no way to cool anything in. Shout out to the hotel wife. Um, but I was in the boat of Here's that boat talking. That if we went 41 and 41, I was happy. Mm-hmm. If they went 500, I would chalk that up as a winning season. Everyone said to me, "Look, you guys have LeBron James. If you're willing to settle for a 41 and 41 season, you're a terrible fan." And to be fair, no, I'm not. Um, I also overvalue probably Kuzma and Josh Hart. And 
Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and guys like that way more than I value LeBron James coming in here. So in my head, mm-hmm. I'm going, this is great for the youth because LeBron openly said, I I can do this with Lonzo. I can do this with Kuz. I can do this with Josh Hart. And he was excited about what he could do with young guys. So it wasn't about, yeah. all right, we're going to bring in my boy Tristan Thompson at some point and that kind of crap. You know, he wasn't trying to play GM. He was like, finally, I'm playing with a bunch of young guys who can run and gun like I've been playing and can let me mm-hmm. take some plays off if I need to. So I looked at 41 and 41 is, is a win. Then they can learn how to play together. They can bring in a, you know, I, I don't think it'll happen because I think he's going to get the max from Golden State, but a Clay Thompson or, you know, maybe they see, you know, an Anthony Davis or what what could happen is Carmelo's on the market. You know, oh, he can kiss my right ass. Now. I don't want him near this team. I don't know if they're together or not anymore, but that's that's perfect, you know, like synergy right there. Carmelo, Lala, Lala Land, just saying. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Somebody, uh, I wonder if I can find that, say, when he left the court after the Draymond green fight. I wonder if I could you, somebody somebody so, so you really think LeBron's only good for fifteen more wins than last year, huh? It's not that I think he's good for no and, and here's where I'll get well, to no, with this, I, no, this I is, agree with that. So let, let me say it this way is I think if LeBron James wants to win, he could will this team to the playoffs himself. He's that good. Yeah, the difference is Exactly. With if you mean to tell me that if you take the Cleveland Cavaliers of last year and the L.A. Lakers of this year, and or well, no, screw that. Take last year's Lakers and last year's Cavs teams, okay, and take mm-hmm. LeBron off of both. I would take the Lakers over that Cavs team. Ooh. Yeah, I mean that's that's an interesting game of pickup ball, that's for sure. I mean, that's an NBA street you know, uh, matchup. You know, you you look at I I'm not I'm not worried about um Jay Crowder and Rodney Hood. You know, guys <laughs> like that don't scare me. You know, well, Tristan Thompson doesn't scare me for uh, being called a villain. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and if you look at how good um, Julius Randle statistically was the third best player mm-hmm. after the All Star break behind Durant and LeBron, okay, well he cancels out Kevin Love. Like to me, they're mm-hmm. a be- they were a better team, but the difference is he's not in the East; he's in the West. The advantage, so so I look at is he knows this is our year to just just gel, rebuild, and get going. Yeah. And I I can relax a little bit, but I can do enough where these young guys can learn and we can build as a team. Because, look, everybody's like, mm, they're going to trade Lonzo because of LeVar. I don't know how many times I have to tell people, LeVar Ball has nothing to do with it. Stop talking mm-hmm. about LeVar Ball. <laughs> if you look in the last six months, what has he been doing? You gotta, you gotta nothing. Say that. Exactly, because he, he's what. He, if you look at Lonzo, as Lonzo ignores him and goes, "Look, it's my dad. What do you want? He wants the best for his kids. You can't fault him." Luke Walton and Magic Johnson just said the same thing. They don't feed the, you know, they don't feed the the animal, and they don't mm-hmm. get the fuel to the fire. 
really doesn't do anything. It's it's these dipshits like um, the chicky, this Colin Collard's girl that he's staying your lane to. You know, she's the one who's feeding the fire, so of course he's going to say something. It's he's 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 the epitome of Bobby the Brain Heaton. He's a wrestling manager. And if you egg him on, he's gonna it's it's gonna make it worse. Magic and Walton mm-hmm. just didn't address him, and what happened? No, you never heard from him, and you're not hearing from him anymore because he made one comment about LeBron. LeBron didn't even say anything, and that was the end of it. So yeah, I I, I, people, I always uh, pretty much like likened him to the uh, to uh, Twitter in chief. To be more honest with you, yeah, I mean that's all it was. And and to be fair. If you're making a ton of money off of merchandise and building your brand and people are buying into it, you're, he's no different yeah. than Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely a promoter. He's a salesman for sure because he's definitely not yeah. someone who could be Michael Jordan and his friend. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, he's he's doing what's best for his kids and he's he's mm-hmm. he, nobody can ever say he's a bad parent. <laughs> I'll 100 percent say that. My God, he took his kids out of high school to play in Lithuania or whatever weird country, and then nope, they brought back. Then he created a league that was horrendous. I mean, I would say he's a horrible parent to be honest. It didn't help that help that Leangelo stealing Gucci sunglasses in China. So that doesn't help. They can't play anything. They should have really concentrated on the you know basketball aspect of it all, but. They wanted to, you know, like you said, be a brand when, you know, to be honest, yeah, I mean, Lonzo Ball, you know, like you always said, he's not the guy that's going to score you 20 points. He's not going to be the guy who's going to hit you 60 home runs a year. He's the guy who's going to play defense. He's the guy that's going to get you seven, eight, you know, assists, you know, a few rebounds, but he's normally there as that utility guy. You know, when you need him for a specific angle, that's what he's there for. He, he's Jason Kidd where his stat line is going to be 12, 12, and 10. Mm-hmm. He's, because he's, he's, you know, he's 6'6 six, six or whatever as a defender. But, I mean, if, if you – I mean, he's the youngest player in NBA history to get a triple-double. Um, he's the only player in summer league to get a triple-double. He got two of them. And I think he's the only only player under 21 to have, like, four triple-doubles in his career, and he did it in one year. So I mean he he and he and Jason Kidd couldn't shoot threes for the first seven years of his career. I mean he's he's Jason Kidd. He rebounds, defends, and passes. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, but he might not be as smart as Kidd yet. But you know, let's not forget he came out of, he came out at nineteen, not twenty two, out of college. Coming out, you know, when with Kidd yeah. coming out of Cal, when he's a senior, I think. But you know, regardless of any, regardless of bringing up the whole Lavar thing, getting getting too too sidetracked with that. Because to be fair, you know, with Lonzo though he he ignored all that, and that's why I think he's yeah. progressing and being fine. But everybody was saying that all these kids are going to get shipped out for these all stars, and LeBron's not stupid. You 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 need salary controlled contracts and superstars. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell you know he's got Kyle Kuzma making a million dollars or whatever, you know, two million dollars. Ingram's making like seven. Lonzo's making seven or six or whatever. Josh Hart's making a million. You, you know, you mean to tell me that your four young core kids are probably making 16 combined? You know, that's a dream to have four guys that can start that are that are making half yeah. of what you make in one year. 
Kuzma's a guy Magic that, I mean, you would hope that they would want to keep on this team because, I mean, just what you mm-hmm. can mold. I mean, what he's been doing this season. I mean, I've been watching a few when the Lakers have been on, but I watched that Lakers-Timberwolves game that was on ESPN mm-hmm. like a week or so ago. And, yeah, I, I was just, like, kept saying, who is this Kuzma guy? Like, I'm like, this guy is it can be something very special. He's another guy that they drafted, you know, or 20, 27th or whatever in the first round. Josh Hart was 30th mm-hmm. in the first round. Kuzma is a kid who, who played four years at Utah that people slept on but didn't realize, yeah. this, you know, he's a senior All-American in the Pac-12. That's a good conference, you know, and people oh, yeah. just slept on him, and they they fed on it. And, you know, it, this, is what, this is what Golden State did is they drafted their core because then you can go over the salary cap to re-sign them and you can keep retaining them. That's how they can retain Clay, Draymond, and Steph Curry and be umpteen million over the salary cap because you own their rights. And LeBron's not stupid, and he sees this. And, you know, now they go in and they bring in JaVale McGee, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Rajon Rondo, all these guys on these one-year deals where now all those dudes can, can, you know, they can let them all walk next year. They still have their bird rights if nothing happens with a free agent, but now they have max money for another free agent to go with LeBron and all these rookies. So in my head, I'm going, this is the complete rebuild year, but they're going to figure it out and they're good enough. Whereas we saw even with Julius Randle instead of LeBron, this team went like 20 and 14 in the last 34. They were over 500 defensively. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this is and this is ultimately now where I'm getting to it. So you look at the Lakers, they start their season out 0-3. They should have beaten San Antonio, but they lost in overtime. LeBron missed two free throws. It is what it is. They lose another close game to San Antonio a couple days later. And then that game in Minnesota, they should have won. Uh, when Butler hit that three point. But you take those games away. This team has won seven of their last nine. They're nine and seven. They're the eighth seed right now. And a part of me is going, well, LeBron, when he went back to Cleveland, they started, you know, I think they were 10 and 10. His first year in Miami, they were 18 and 19 to start the game going into almost the all-star break. He's never started quick. But now they're figuring out, and he's picking and choosing the days that he can go, all right, I'm going to be LeBron today. And we, when mm-hmm. he's doing that, they're winning. But then you got games like, you know, you look, you look at – they haven't beaten Portland since Kobe played four years ago, and they beat them two in a row. Um, one of them was in Portland too. You know, it, 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 they're, they're figuring out ways to win. They signed Tyson Chandler, who – Tyson Chandler's mm-hmm. the reason they beat Denver. Um, I think it was Denver. No, it was it was the it was the the Minnesota game when they when they won at home. Then he because he, he makes the game winning block. Then against Atlanta two nights later or four nights later after they beat Sacramento Atlanta, they go and beat Portland again. Yeah, they blew it Saturday at Orlando, but they smoked Miami last night. LeBron puts up 51. Chandler's 11 boards. He's rejuvenated, He's and he's playing a lesser role, but now him and McGee are two guys yeah. with rings, and they're yeah. just bringing some more talent out. You know, you look at this team as an eight seed, they're nine and seven. 
But I'll tell you what, I know a lot of people, you know, you sit six, seven seed. A lot of people thought that's kind of where they're going to go. Alex, well, who is to say that they can't be the number two seed at the end of this all? What, what and I makes know this sounds an crazy. interesting case is the mixture of, as you were saying, that young talent, the Kuzma, you know, the balls, um, and, of course, the Ingrams. Well, when you have that veteran, you know, kind of, leadership that every team always wishes for, especially with such a young league that you have. But when you have a defensive presence like a Lance Stevenson, you, when, you know, when you have the crazy, mm-hmm. you know, genius that is Ray John Arondo, you know, and then like you said, McGee and, and, you know, um, Chandler in the front, I mean, and then you got, Oh yeah. Caldwell Pope. And, you know, someone just named LeBron James. I mean, yeah, I mean, that could be a team, you know, you know, that finally finds its groove because we all know this 82-week season don't mean anything. It's what happens come, you know, May, and, and Alex, uh, you know, in 2019. Alex, you, you take that band of misfits that you just said with LeBron there, and you still haven't brought up Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo, and Josh Hart, and they still got to beat yeah. the Zubak on that team. And we haven't seen Mo Wagner play yet, too, who looked yeah. amazing in summer he's camp. He's just been a little banged up. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was great in the Big Ten for Michigan. I mean, that team won yeah. the championship with him. And that's and he's the exact same a, type uh, of guy. Yeah, and Randall's still What's having that? a knockout of a season. Julius Randall's still having a, a, a pretty damn good season meshing, you know, meshing in with, like you said, that band of misfits. Oh, I I wish we still had Julius Randle, oh, man. I uh, that was it. You know the Randle thing bothers me. Not to talk on Randle, but uh-huh. when when they don't offer him his qualifier because they needed to sign LeBron, and I get that, and that's what comes first. And they wanted to have the extra money, but he goes to New Orleans to play with Anthony Davis, and they get him for like seven million a year. I'm mm-hmm. going. Come on. You can offer offer Julius Randle twelve for one year, and bring yeah. him back because Julius Randle was a stud. That's the what if? And yeah, I, I mean that's that's always yeah. And and I get it. What's nice is, um, you know, he probably could have played very well with this band of misfits, but how many minutes does he take away from Kuzma now? You know, how mm-hmm. many minutes does he take away from 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 some of that? And that's where, like, I love that you brought that up because. You know, everybody that listens to the show and, you know, we're more regular, obviously, knows how big of a Julius Randle mark that I was. And it's, you know, it's a good point to bring up, but it's just like I'm starting to become a little bit more okay with it and deal with it for the fact this team is winning. And and I, I take that back to where I say, who's to say they can't be the number two seed? And I say that because obviously we know Golden State's going to be the one, okay? I mean, do you, you don't have any right – any, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're technically tied for first, but let's be honest, they've lost three in a row. When is that ever going to happen? Well, yeah. You know, and, and that's a team that doesn't care. They'll play at the end. But look at the top, Portland, who's 11-5. and five. Lakers handled them. I'm not scared of them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not there. Memphis is a team that I've always backed, but I don't – I don't think Memphis sustains it. That team gets injured so much that I'm mm-hmm. not worried about them. The Clippers are 11 and five. Get the hell out of here. That's not going to happen. Clippers are out of there. <laughs> Oklahoma City, they're starting to surge. They they were you know they won eight of the last ten, but they did lose tonight against Sacramento. But 
even that doesn't scare me. Denver was looking really good. They were the, the like one of the last undefeated teams, but they've lost four of their last. They've lost four of the last, or lost six of the last ten, I think. Two game losing streak. The Lakers are the one to end it, and then New Orleans, who are ahead of them. Anthony Davis wants out as as bad as it sounds. That team doesn't sustain it. And Houston, I mean, maybe getting rid of Carmelo is a good thing. They've won four straight now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Utah, I think, will come back to the pack. I think Utah's better than they are. I just – this team is figuring it out, man. This Lakers and, – and this isn't me mm-hmm. trying to be a homer. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you as opposed to, to Jordan, who, he is, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a Lakers fan, but he just dogs the team the whole time and says they suck. And, you know, it's like, it, stop, because, you know, go cheer for the Clippers. How they suck when they win six in a row? I mean, like, like, they, like we've always said, you always, you know, a team in any sport needs a veteran, where this team has about four or five solid leaders that can again get this. I mean, you have three different, you know, teams you can you can create with these twelve guys, you know, on this Laker team where I mean, yeah, I'm looking on here, yeah, the Clippers will fade. Like you said, Memphis is known for injuries. I mean, I, I'm not saying they're gonna take Golden State, but it will definitely be a prelude before uh free agency of, of twenty nineteen where bleep's gonna hit the fan. Where, you know, like you said, Anthony <laughs> Davis is planning to get out of there. Well, yeah, because he because so this year it's it's Jimmy Butler, Clay Tom, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, um, Kyrie Irving. They already say Jimmy Butler because he's one. And then next year, so the summer of twenty twenty, is when Anthony Davis can opt out. So are they so, thinking about trade them this early? Because everyone's saying like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I just just assumed that he was going to be like, oh. Here's what I think could happen is I could see they sign Kawhi. Say they sign Kawhi Leonard. Now, I probably shouldn't say Kawhi because I tell you what, the way that Toronto's playing, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I, I don't want to leave Toronto 13-4. They're playing really good. Um, Bigger than Drake. And, and and to be fair, I, don't let me forget that because I want to talk about the Sam Presti model that Toronto with Masai Ujiri did, and it's it's working. I think more teams are going to try this, and I want to get your opinion on this too. But say say they get say Clay Thompson for some, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to go on a I'm, I'm going to go on a crazy limb, and this is what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to get Kevin Durant. I 100% think they're giving Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And I say that because when I wrote that article for the website back in the day, I said Kevin Durant is going to go to Golden State when everyone's saying he's going to go here, 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 here. And out of nowhere, mm-hmm. he went to Golden State. And I, 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 took my, I took my L just like I – I took my W the same way I took my Daniel Bryan return W. I was a failure. Mm-hmm. I, I, I said he's going there, and, I'm, and boom, I'm right. When when he got into that fight with Draymond Green the other day, and this team's lost three in a row since then, there was there was a, a camera shot that that somebody got of Durant leaving uh, to go to the locker room, and they played this. Uh, Kellerman played it on first take, and you you literally could see Kevin Durant. You know he's you know he's mad because him and Draymond are talking talking smack to each other or whatever, and they're fighting and they're losing. And he, you know, I'm probably wrong verbatim because I don't have the quote. Now I, I should have got it, and I'll get it for next time we're on here. Durant <laughs> says, 
I don't even care. I won't have to deal with this after this year. Nah. Or, or wow, I, I don't even have to worry about this anymore. And it, he, but he basically said it was it was along those lines of like, whatever. I don't have to worry about this next year or something like that. Meaning so he, he wasn't if, just, if that's trolling, but in real life, he was one of his you know what? alternate uh, Twitter. No, uh, uh, Durant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's walking to the locker room and he shakes his head and he's like, I don't have to deal with this next year at least, or something along those lines. And you wow. can blatantly plain as day seeing him say that. And I know, you know, he very well could just be saying it just to blow, because he's mad, you know, and he's just blowing off steam. And, you know, that may be. But regardless of it, the same inkling I, I, I said too, and here's another W I'll take. I said, look, when LeBron went to Cleveland, I said, Two, when, when his contract's up in two years, he'll stay with Cleveland. But I guarantee you, after that two years, he'll go to L.A. after that because that'll be Cleveland he gave four good years to. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. And this is exactly the same thing where he said, I don't, whatever. And and if you're Kevin Durant, you, you went and got a couple rings, and everyone everyone got mad at you and clowned you for going to Golden State and, you know, picking up your ball and, you know, taking the easy way out, which, to be fair, if I'm Kevin Durant and I'm going to get that much money from the best team in the NBA, you got to call me crazy if I don't take it. I'm sorry. I don't care what my critics say. I'm going to get in a ring, bitch. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting paid. And I'm looking good. You know, I say kudos. If you can get your cake and eat it, reach, Kevin Durant. But – if you look at this, if there's one thing you want to do where you're like, okay, uh, you know, we had a falling out, not going back to OKC, why don't I go play with LeBron and all them young kids? Hmm. If you add Kevin Durant and the Pelicans don't think you're or they're going to keep, if, you know, Davis like, look, I'm out. Telling you that right now. I'm gonna, you know, this is what I want to do. If if you're, you know, obviously the Pelicans have an option where look at the Sam Presti approach, where he traded Oladipo and Demata Sabonis for Paul George, and everybody yep. thought he was crazy. Um. Uh, and and he ends up getting Paul George to re-sign with that team, and it worked. You know, nobody thought a small market team could get the big free agent. They did. Masai mm-hmm. Ujiri trades to Martin Rosen, who's still under contract for a couple yeah. years, for Kawhi Leonard. This team's going ham. And now it sounds like the small market team might keep their guy away from the from the Lakers again. Now, to be fair, it sounds like he wants to go to the Clippers if he doesn't stay in Toronto. I don't think Kawhi's coming anymore. But now Kawhi stays in, in the Raptors. So. Yep. Sam Presti set set the precedent for doing it and it worked. Masai Ujiri tried and it worked. If you're Dell Dumps, GM of the Pelicans, do you risk the Anthony Davis thing with already losing Boogie Cousins and not keeping him? Or do you move him? To me, I think you move him because you don't have as much weight and you're not winning enough to, to make that mm-hmm. call happen. You call the Lakers and go, all right, let's talk. If I go, all right, I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you Brandon Ingram, I'll give you Kyle Kuzma and two first round picks. Tell me you're not saying yes. Uh one hundred percent. 
So now, but do you think? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, do, I mean, do you get rid of two veterans for one young guy plus the two draft picks? Who do you give up? But you know, between Ingram and and Kuzma. Well, well, I, I mean, here's the thing: is I mean, they're both they're both kids. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and they're so young. You need to rebuild. I mean, do you go look? I want Kuzma, I want Lonzo, and I want Josh Hart. I mean, to no, me, no. that's a little bit. Too, I don't know if I go that way. Yeah, much. I don't. But then, yeah, then again, let me let me ask you this then, and this is where it gets hard. Is on paper. I wouldn't give you three of my four young kids between Ingram, Ball, Hart, and Kuzma. I wouldn't give you three of those with a draft pick or two for Anthony Davis. But when you tell me, okay, fine, I'll give you Ingram, Kuzma, Hart, and two first-round picks for Anthony Davis, that means I know I'm starting Lonzo Ball, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. That makes it a lot different. That just seems like you're give, you're kind of giving up the farm. But, hey, I mean, Anthony Davis is, I would say, a generational player, I mean, for, for what he can do and he's with young. that unibrow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's I mean, not old by any means. Oh, gosh, no, gosh, no. I mean, speaking of young, I mean, there's turmoil in Washington. I mean, do do the Lakers try to go for someone, you know, like a John Wall or no. a Bradley Beal? I have no – I have no – I have no desire for John Wall because after the after this season, on the final mm-hmm. two years of his contract, he's making like forty seven million dollars a year. I have no oh, interest God. in that. <laughs> and Brad Beal would be man. nice, but but here here's here's your problem with Brad Beal, and not so much as as Carmelo, but this is this goes back to when you mentioned Carmelo, and I, I think this is a good way to go back to the Carmelo the Lakers thing, is the Lakers mm-hmm. said, look. We'd love to talk to you. We just want you to know you'll be coming off the bench and you're going to have a reduced role because we have Ingram, Kuzma, and LeBron at the three, and they can all play the four, so we don't have a need. But, look, we'd love to have you to help out the team, but you will have a reduced role coming off the bench. Apparently, Carmelo never called him back. Good. Glad glad he didn't because – the other thing the Lakers have going for him right now that I think LeBron has got to be loving because LeBron's a freak. You, if, if you're LeBron James, all you want to do is run like a nutcase because you're in better shape than the entire human race. Mm-hmm. So all you want to do is just out-athleticize everybody because nobody is a better athlete than you. Well, all these young kids are like, F, yeah, let's go. They're the number one team in pace, and they're the number one team in fast break points. Why do you want to add a te- add, add somebody like Carmelo who needs to stop, hold the ball, pump step, you know, do, do a little hop step, and then start dribbling and stop your, your momentum and stop play because that's how he plays. He doesn't fit. I don't think he fits anywhere. Does he? I mean, no. really? Is, what team really would Isn't it crazy? I mean, how do you go from, you know, he, not being drafted before Darko Milicek to not even being wanted in the league? Like, that's the insane Isn't part that right crazy there. to think that this dude won the Rookie of the Year over LeBron and he's got three gold what, medals and, you know, all these sorts of things? Yeah. 
and he's not anything valuable. But didn't he do it to himself like by, crazy. you know, having that facade about him, about me, me, me? You know, I got to take yeah. 50 shots a game. I mean, he, he kind of did it to himself where, I mean, he kind of worked himself in a corner. Or into you a know, shoot, it doesn't help to me. <laughs> I like that. It, uh, it doesn't help to that the NBA has evolved and mm-hmm. it just passed by him. Speaking and, of passed you know, by him. Uh-huh. You, you know, and that's where, you know, Houston makes all this room to bring him in and they lose Luke Richard and Bob Mute and Trevor Ariza. And those are probably two key pieces why they're eight and seven. Yeah. Or whatever their record is. They're not in you know, they're not the number one or number two seed. It's because I think you I think they forgot how good a defense those guys played. For someone who plays negative negative defense. Speaking exactly. of that Andrew Wiggins and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, kind of explain what's happened uh, so far in the soap opera that is in the 10,000 Lake area, starring Coach Tom Thibodeau. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, Jimmy Butler didn't want to play for the team, randomly shows up to camp, uh, takes on the Wiggins, Towns, I think Taj Gibson, Tyus Jones, and somebody else and takes a bunch of third stringers, D-leaguers, and smokes them in practice screaming, you effing need me, need me at the ownership. Uh, and Thibodeau, uh, Wiggins cowers, Towns cowers, and Wiggins has proven since he got that contract that a lot of us have all said as he is the most overpaid player in the league. He has no intensity 80% of the time. He – I've never – the worst part so about trading Butler for me. In that draft, and you guys got him, and you traded yeah. for him. Yeah. Everyone said this guy's the second coming of J.R. Ryder, and then now he is the second coming of yeah, J.R. Ryder. <laughs> well, and to be fair, that's that's how the draft goes. You see a guy come out, and everyone wants the guy. Everyone wanted Greg Oden. <laughs> you know, look what and happened to Greg Oden. Like and that's oh, man, Ohio. When he was he was in the tournament with Ohio State, I know they wanted him after that uh, that selfie that he posted went viral. <laughs> you know, and, and the worst part about me with Wiggins is because I think Wiggins has so much potential, he just doesn't use it. It's almost like Where he do you doesn't. Into? You don't because no one's going to take his contract. We're going <laughs> to have to offer up like a pick or two to get that contract moved. <laughs> Wow. Like, is he I'm, not giving, I'm not giving him an asset. <sighs> what do you, I mean, what do you give me? No, I'm just well, saying. Well, like, here's the question. You guys just, you guys buy, no, I'm saying, like, is, is he a New York Knick? Because it just seems like he will play for the New York Knicks probably within the next two or three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, pay him more. <laughs> Well, he's under contract, I think, until 2020. I think he still has three years left on that deal. Yeesh. So, yeah, and it's the, – the problem I have is I'm not excited to watch him now that Jimmy Butler's gone where he comes out on the field and just starts heaving up 19-footers. 
He's so athletic. Remember that game we went to with Isaiah against the Lakers when he scored like 50 or whatever? Yeah. It worked so well because he used his athleticism to bully people. He's, it's like he's afraid to do that. Yeah. And that's the problem I have is if he would just go in on people, you know, he he could take advantage of people. Tell you what, I'll give you if you're the Knicks, I'll give you Wiggins and you give me Chris Stapps. I'll give you Carolyn Sir. Wait, the wild ding is really on the Timberwolves? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> when did that happen? Dude, because when he got cut, when he got waived. Oh, yuck. <laughs> Why is this the worst Bulls 2.0 team in the history? And you guys had one of the better Bulls players. But, like, even with Derrick Rose, the second coming of Jordan in 2009, he's scoring 50 points, and then... <laughs> He scored you 50 points. Like back up three. That's the best part. <laughs> that's uh, like, I said that's the best part, too, is Luol Deng's are back up three. Like, they got yeah. him slotted as the back up to Wiggins. But then it's like, mm-hmm. J, you know, who cares about James Nunnally and C.J. Williams? <laughs> you know, it's this your most overpaid Gorgie Deng. Yeah. He makes so much money. It's just it's it's a bad you know you know before we keep going into too much let me ask you though going back kind of with what I was asking you am I crazy for what I said about the Lakers as a two seed? Because <laughs> um, with all the teams no, that are ahead of I mean, them, I, I, mean I, I would say I mean crazy no I mean anything is possible it's it's obviously so wide open right now since it's only. The second month in into the uh, the season, I mean, I would say they're probably going to be in in the top five. I don't know about two. It, I mean, it all depends on streaks. But I mean, the way how the Lakers are, you know, kind of uh, finally, you know, gelling together, um, you know, it, it 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 is definitely something to to look forward to. Um, I, you know, Utah, you know, is a team that that I've kind of been, you know, keeping my eye on. Hell, the Kings, you know, are, you know, you know, only like a half a game behind the Lakers. So, I mean, it's it's early. I mean, you Houston know, could definitely make a run with, you know, Carmelo gone. But, I mean, I, I could see the Lakers yeah. being in the upper upper echelon, you know, kind of kind of there. So, because, yeah, we know this, the Clippers and the Grizzlies will not be there. The, you know, and, and my point being, too, is, you know, with the Lakers winning a 7 of 9, with them just running fast break, which LeBron seems to be loving. He dropped 51 against Miami the other night, last night. You know, this team is overperforming. I thought 10 and 10 would have been a uh, holy hell. I can't believe they're 10 and 10 and 500 a fourth of the way into the season. You know, they, they mm-hmm. beat Cleveland on Wednesday, which I'm sure I, I'm confident they're beating Cleveland. Cleveland's garbage. Mm-hmm. Now they're 10 and seven and they got there a lot quicker than I thought. If he doesn't beat Cleveland in Cleveland, I I will stop watching wrestling forever. <laughs> you know, and if they're ten and seven, you mm-hmm. you look at this team as as what forty twenty eight. They're probably a forty. 
they're probably a, a 49 and 33 team now. Now you and and last year that would have made them the number two seed or number three seed behind Houston and Golden State. So mm-hmm. you know, by if they beat Cleveland, they're on pace to have the um, and and the number three seed last year was Portland, who got swept by the Pelicans, the sixth seed. So they're on pace to have as many wins as Portland did. They'll be the three seed last year with what if they win on Wednesday. I never in a million years thought that was possible, and that's what they're doing. And Sacramento, not to demur- not to 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 burst Demetrius's bubble, but you know that team had won like six in a row, and I think they're two and eight since. And you know, you look at here's here's a here's a wild stat for you. Sacramento is um, their their salary for this season is eighty eight point seven million dollars. Where do you think out of the 30, 30 teams that ranks them for salary uh, spent? I'm going to go with with 32 being the lowest. There, well, there's 30 teams in the league with the, with them spending 88.7 million. Where do you think that ranks? I'm going to go 32. They're they're going to be ranked 32. Yeah, they're ranked 30. I said dead last. So there's 30 teams. <laughs> Like they're that. the that's only that's team. That, there is no team that's spent under ninety. In fact, Phoenix, who is twenty ninth, has spent a hundred and four million. Wow! So they're the only team under a hundred million dollars, and it and it shows when. I mean, their highest paid players are Zach Randolph and Amon Shumpert. <laughs> You mean designer? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll find out December 27th. <laughs> you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich is third, and Costa Kufis is fourth. The If you get rid of Marvin Bagley because of his rookie contract, because he was the number two pick, the top five highest-paid players on the Sacramento Kings are Zach Randolph, Amon Shumpert, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Costa Kufos, and Nemanja Bialica. That's why that team is not good. Is those are the five highest paid players. Oh, <laughs> I'm circling. I'm sorry. I'm circling December 27th, uh, nine o'clock. Lakers in Sacramento against the Kings. It's oh. weird that not the Christmas game, not in LA, but in Golden State. I get it, but it's just oh, weird that there's no Christmas game on in LA. Yeah, a lot of people said that too. That they should have. You know, for the sake of how much money they they would have made, yeah. but I guess it's one of those things where the Golden State, Golden State got I live in a two thousand you know two thousand person town. It's a lot of Golden State around here. A lot of that youth rocks that that uh, that Warriors. When, and a lot of people said too the reason that they got the the home game against. Um, Against the Lakers instead of being in LA, so so the 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 rematch with LA and Golden State um, is on Martin Luther King Day, and it's um, in it's in LA. Um, yep, that day. That. Yep. That's it's the TNT on the twenty first. But the reason it sounds like that Golden State got the home game on Christmas is because they won the championship, so they gave them the home Christmas Day game, hmm. which is fine. Whatever, but boy, I hope LeBron goes in there and wrecks shots. 
I I hope it's just what happened last time when 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 Cleveland played the Lakers and they're all like, hey, what's going on, man? And then Lonzo goes in there and goes ham, and LeBron shakes his hand after, and he's like, you did a good job, young man. And he shakes Kuzma's hand, and I was like, oh my god, he's like, oh, and I'm gonna see you next year. I <laughs> hope <laughs> the Lakers run over, but Durant goes, all right, man, we'll see you next year. <laughs> Oh man, no! I can't wait. I can't wait, man. I'm excited. Um, wow. <laughs> um, we got uh, our timer is almost done here on the clock. Here, um, I don't got nothing else unless you you got some more to to chat about. We're we're uh, we're timer set with one thirty here. Just um, a little th- a couple of thoughts uh, from you. You know the uh, Major League Baseball season ending. Uh, unfortunately, none of our teams won. Uh, the Boston Red Sox uh, was winning championships like they, you know, never had a curse uh, since the uh, the two thousands. Um, Dodgers, of course, you know, losing, um, you know, in in the World Series there. A um, lot of talks over there. Um, kind of thoughts on on that on the Dodgers, but also on the Twins getting rid of Paul Molitor. Uh, which I thought was a shame, and uh, Joe Maurer calling it a career in Minnesota. Just kind of a quick rundown on those three topics. Um, the quick one I'll say being the Twins, because the Dodgers will probably take me a couple minutes to go through. Uh, the Molitor thing, I think it is what it is. I don't, I don't like it, but I don't hate it, because I don't know if he was connecting well. And that's what it sounds like part of the problem was, is it's just the players weren't responding to him. Mm-hmm. And that might have been why they got rid of him. I don't know how I feel about Rocco Baldelli, though, becoming our our, our coach. <laughs> you know, I mean, those of us who remember, you know, years yeah. and years ago, Rocco Baldelli, the the next big thing in, in all of baseball. <laughs> you know, he's on the cover of the sporting news when that was a thing and stuff, and he didn't become anything uh, too well, so... I mean, maybe maybe coaching is the best thing for him, and that's what helped. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I think Maurer knew that we weren't going to re-sign him, and if we were, he wasn't going to get paid. And I don't think he had anything left to play for anyway. I mean, he was that dude probably wasn't walking well after a full season, you know. And you know, he goes to play first base, and I mean, it is what it is. But he's not beating out him? runs, and that. Man, and that was yeah. what, seven years into his career. Yep, they did win divisions. He was a pro, you know, he was all a all star. He was did a gold glover. I mean, he, he won an MVP. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this: the home hometowner in me doesn't hate it. I would; it'd be awesome. I don't. It's 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 not a. He's not a guy that I think is a lock, but I think I think he's definitely got a shot. Why not? Him or Ron Santo? No, um, Ron Santo always. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I mean, who goes in first, Maurer, Bonds, or or Clemens? Ooh. Ooh. I wonder, 2019. 
<laughs> Let me see. MLB 2019 Hall of Fame ballot. Let me see if I can find the ballot. Um, Shout out to Jim Tomey, by the way. Chicago boy. I wonder how, is there a way to tell, like, the percentage of what people got? So, is it after 10 years they're off the ballot? I thought it was, like, 15. Is it? Okay. Oh, wait, never mind. Mariano Rivera and Ray Halliday is going to be this year. Freddie Garcia, (laughs) John Garland, Ted Lilly, wow. That's just pitchers. Yeah, I mean, you got Landy. You got. Does Todd Helton make it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would say so, Helton over. Real quick, while you're on your. Yeah, Travis Hafner. While you're on your. Rick Ankeel is eligible. Um, While you're on your computer, see if you can Google real quick how many years you're allowed to be eligible for the Hall of Fame. See if you can get a better answer. Omar Vizquel better make the Hall of Fame. How could he not? Who? Omar Vizquel, the guy was tight for Cleveland. Yeah, he was sweet. He's he's gotta be. He, he'll he'll make it. He will for sure make it. I just for some reason you I thought it was ten. Maybe you're right. Both organizations was Mauer not going to the Yankees in 2000. What was it? 13 when he was riding off that hot season. The Yankees were going to give you hella prospects. Oh no, because I, I think, I think if you, I think if he leaves, I think it hurts. Hmm. Yeah. So 2014, no more than ten eligible candidates deemed worthy of election. Yeah, so essentially... They moved it from 15 10. years to 10 in 2004. Yeah. Reducing the number of years a player will be eligible on the ballot. So if we go off of this year, Edgar Martinez is now 10, ten years on, on the ballot. How is he not so this in be, I mean, He's the greatest DH well, he, of all time, isn't he? Like, there's no argument. So, so in in... Uh, his percent of ballots were 70.4. So if I'm reading this right, this is his last year of eligibility. Do you think he gets that extra 4.5%? I would hope so. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I, mean, I would or, hope so. Yeah. I mean, he defined that designated hitter position. I, I would think. I mean, I, I could just be biased because, I mean, in the 90s, that was such a you know phenomenal decade for me for baseball. But, yeah, he was a name – that was synonymous that, you know, made the DH a little okay, even to the purists. Mm-hmm. Um, his Bill James Hall of Fame monitor says this measure attempts to determine how likely a player is to be elected. It's a rough scale, but he's over the scale. So a lot of people think he's going to go in. So if you look at Clemens, Bonds, and Schilling all got added there at the same time, They've, this mm-hmm. is their seventh year of eligibility. Clemens fifty-seven point three, Bonds fifty-six point four, and Schilling fifty-one point two. Do you think those three? I mean, they're seven, eight, they have four years left. Do they get to seventy-five? <sighs> out of those, I I would say two out of three make those. 
I would say off the Clemens field stuff will hurt Schilling. I think it's Clemens and Bonds. Yeah, because you look at this skull in his second year is 37%. McGriff in his 10th year is only 23. He's not going to get the votes. But you look at um, Rivera's and Baseman, too. I mean, from outside of your big hurts and everything, Fred McGriff was your consummate hitter's hitter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I think Mariano Rivera, Roy Holiday, and Todd Helton coming in now, maybe even Andy Pettit, I think they, they take some votes. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Why Miguel Tejada gets a couple votes. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, I was moving on the Dodgers one, too. Huh. <laughs> He's got 22% in his third year here. Um, Jeff Kenson is six. Sammy Sosa's seven years is 7.8. He's not going to sniff it. Larry Walker mm-hmm. in his ninth is at 34%. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, hopefully Edgar Martinez makes it next year. But yeah, oh uh, man, Roy Oswald, that guy was a stud. Yeah, Ooh. do you remember when they had Halliday Oswald and uh, <laughs> who the hell was that other person that they had? They had Cole Hamels. No, no, the the Phillies. Oh, the they Phillies had. Team? They had Holiday Oswald, Hamels, and one other guy. I can't remember who the other guy was. God, they had like four. We're gonna murder you. By the way, speaking of Phillies, did you know that there is there is a, a chance? Obviously, Machado was talking with the Yankees, but there is a mm-hmm. chance. A lot of people think that that yes, um, people have been sniffing Bryce Harper to the Giants and uh, Machado to the Yankees, but a lot of people think that the Phillies may get both of them. Wow, I did not hear that. I mean, elaborate on that for the audience there. Philly, oof. where did the they get Phillies, the cap from? <laughs> did uh, did Howard finally break? <laughs> yeah, they don't have they don't have Jimmy Rollins and Ryan Howard. Um, but like they, you know, they've been rebuilding all Atlanta Braves where they have all this money, and you know they they almost made the playoffs last year on top of it. But I believe yep. some of the old staff from the Nationals that brought, that drafted Bryce Harper are in Philly now, which gives them a leg up um, because they have the relationship with him. But they would have enough money where they could bring in Machado and they have a need for him too. Like that's one of the holes they have is that short, mm-hmm. which that would be nuts if they locked them both. But uh, real quick to give you the, my, my Dodgers thought, um, you know, I'm I'm glad they worked it out. Kershaw, three years, ninety one million. They bring him back on a on a on a, on a deal that I think works for everybody. He stays extended. I mean, to be fair though, if he didn't if he didn't play the way he did, they went to got to the World Series. His games against Milwaukee were really good, mm-hmm. and his games against. Uh, I think it was Colorado where they played in the first round were good too, you know, and he gets the save against Milwaukee to win the series. Uh, but everybody decides to pick on the bad Kershaw instead of the good. That's the, that's the only problem I have is yes, <laughs> well, I'll admit course, he has bad. I mean, he's still, I mean, yeah, he's a hell of a, you know, regular season pitcher, he's unstoppable. He's the Teflon Dom, but I mean, when it comes to the games, I mean, like you said, he did get the closing game, but, 
I mean, yeah, you couldn't have predicted that against Milwaukee. That was the most insane series, and I thought Dodgers-Cubs of that uh, World Series year uh, was was the best series I've seen. But that Milwaukee-Dodgers series, my gosh, uh, I, I didn't get sleep for some nights. And and look at you know you you go back two years ago like you mentioned with the Cubs there, he gets the game winning save against the Nationals in the series before the Cubs, and he, then yeah. he comes in and goes lights out against the Cubs. So I mean, but everybody goes well. What about Game Five against the Astros? Well, that's bullshit. You can't just pick on the one thing. And I get it. It's yeah. just like Peyton Manning. You pick on the bad and not the good. And I get that. I do the same yeah. thing about Tom Brady. You know. So you know. To be fair, I understand it, but. Um, I mean, I'll take Kershaw over everyone, anybody. I mean, there is, what's his name? Um, Buster Olney and uh, Tim Kirchin both, both were saying that they, you statistically could prove that in the last hundred years, there is no greater pitcher than Clayton Kershaw. I mean, wow. you, you, you can't even – like his ERA and things like that and his – his like win, his like wins above replacement, and his strikeouts to walks, and the innings and complete games that he gets. And like statistically, there's he's the greatest pitcher that have ever lived. If you if you go off statistics with it, but is he the on the Rushmore is, you, you, then without a without a ring? Does he what? Is he on the Rushmore of Dodgers even without a ring? Oh, I think so because you got to get there, and you know it's it's. It's one of the same things I attested with with Tate Manning when people put Brady over Manning is, you know, there's there's 52 men on an NFL roster. There's 25 guys on a baseball roster. It's not like five guys playing at one time in the NBA where one guy can change the entire game. And, you know, nobody talks about Clayton Kershaw lets up one solo home run and they lose one to nothing and everyone goes, God, Kershaw let up a home run. Two that have one run and the team doesn't get more than two hits. How is that his fault? Because he could you have know, gotten one of those hits, Ryan. Come on. <laughs> I think one of the times he yeah, actually he did, did that. Last I think you know he got a double. Say, he probably did get one of those hits at least. I mean, yes, he has I mean, is he any other? I mean, he's America's sweetheart, right? I mean, if he continues to progress, because obviously. Last season, you know, it, it, everyone was like, okay, people figured him out. You know, he's done. And then last year, just coming back and, and having fun. And he was the best player in the playoffs. Yeah. He was I the mean, best hitter on that team in the playoffs. And there was talk that apparently there was a plea for Harper deal in place. And the, the Nationals vetoed it or said no because they, they got a deal from the Astros. And Bryce Harper almost was an Astro at the end of August after the waiver thing, just like Verlander was. But mm-hmm. the problem was the Nationals' ownership vetoed it because they thought they were going to be able to keep him by offering him $300 million, which he turned down the day after they got eliminated and that the season ended. So he could have been an Astro, which might have changed that whole Boston-Houston series. Wow, yeah. Crazy, but you know, please are the most complete hitter. I don't want to bring Machado back. I, you know, it's just it's the same thing as you, Darvish. I'm glad they made a mm-hmm. made a run and brought in a, a player of that caliber because that shows you meeting to win. And you know, I still as much so as people dog Darvish for the World Series. Darvish 
helped win those two series to get to the playoffs. And I will never discredit him for that. And, you know, it is what it is. But you're showing that you're trying to win, and you deserve props for that. And I, I'm glad they brought back Kershaw. I don't, I don't think this team is that far off. To be fair, Rich Hill had a one-hitter going into that seventh inning or eighth inning in yeah. game three or whatever. They and and they pulled him, and you know who's to say it's not Farhan Zaidi or, or or Andrew Friedman and those guys that are telling uh, uh, Dave Roberts to put in Ryan Madigan because he was garbage and they kept going back to him. And I don't think Dave Roberts is that dumb of a coach. You know, Pedro Baez, who I can't stand, was playing really good. You know, they had. They had Julio Urias sitting there. They had Kenta Maeda. They had many guys they could have went to. And I feel that that ownership micromanaged a lot when they got to that World Series. And I think that hurt the team a lot. Because, you know, you're paying these guys. Stop being Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, what you try to do isn't working. You, yes, you assembled the team. But let these guys play out. Because you have a great team and you're not letting them do it. And to be fair, I don't think anyone was beating Boston anyway. I mean, I thought I think they would have beaten everybody. That team went mm-hmm. 104 and 54, or 108 and 54. They doubled their losses with wins. I mean, they, I don't think they were losing anybody. So it was what it was. But I don't, I don't want to see the Dodgers do anything drastic. You're bringing back Corey Seager next year. Good enough for me. He can totally replace Ooh. Machado back on the field. So I'm not stressing. I just I'm frustrated yeah, getting two World Series six ring. What's that? What percentage did the Cubs get Bryce Harper? I don't think they do it. I'll tell you one guy that I think the Cubs and the Dodgers need to try to acquire, and I don't care who gets them, but their bullpen tells me that they both need them, and they need to go out and try to get Edwin Diaz from the Mariners because I think he's available, and he would bolster both of their bullpens. And I don't care which one of them damn teams do it. Just one of those teams go and try to do it. Because I don't want to see the Yankees or one of those teams go and get the get the reliever that one of these two teams should be getting, and then that reliever beats them. You know, it was almost um, – uh, the, the Cleveland dude almost beat the Cubs the year the Cubs mm-hmm. won it because the Cubs didn't go and try to get you know get the guy. I don't want to yeah. see that happen again, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's my, you know, the only guy I want to see for either the Cubs or the Dodgers, Edwin Diaz. Otherwise, I'm perfectly happy if both teams sit tight. I think they're good enough to do it. Um, I just, you know, if you want to do anything, Cubs, and you want to try to, you want to, try to load in a few players and you want to take a risk, see, see what you can get for Chris Bryant because he really let me down at the end there. Ooh. Yeah, I mean there there are lots of talks on on you know who who might trade out for him. I mean it it will only I guess time will tell. It's kind of a touchy subject for me. I totally know what you mean though by the disappointment. Yeah, like, but I mean it was just I, a weird season of of injuries. I you know just minor yeah. injuries that just kind of placated you know two thir- or a third of the roster, you know, kind of throughout, throughout the year there. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting, um, but I'm, I'm hoping for a, a huge year for him if they don't move him because 
I mean, he's definitely due, uh, again, injuries, you know, for him, you know, were nagging him last season. So, I mean, that's why, you know, hey, he's still young. He's, what, 26, 27 years old. So, I mean, he's just getting into his prime. I'm I'm with you, and that's only if you're really trying to. If you, that's that's one, if it's something drastic you're doing, because you really don't think there's something there, and you're you don't want to Miguel Sano yourself, and ride it out <laughs> too long, and it really doesn't work. Because I, yeah. I was saying they should have moved Sano after he got in the home run derby. Move him while you can, and they didn't yeah, do it. With, um, what's crazy though is with baseball. I mean, like the guy could be the king of the world. Literally, he wins the MVP after he gets him yeah. into a World Series for a team that no one expected. And then you know, you you get one little season like this, and everyone's like, "Oh man!" But that's just baseball in a nutshell. You know, it's like, okay, what yeah. can we get for him? What can they do when they go, you know, three of twenty-five? You know, and, and it, I, it was just, you know. I think the nuances for me is when when they got to that home stretch and especially like that, that play in game with uh well, Colorado. It was Colorado they played the play in game, right? Or they or no was it yeah. I can't remember no, if it was Colorado or Milwaukee. It was Milwaukee, no, it was right? Milwaukee yeah, was the they uh, lost Milwaukee. Wild game. That was the wild card game, yeah. Oh no, yeah, they lost they lost the division game to them, and then they lost the wild card to the to the uh, Rockies. Yeah. In in those two games, and especially that Rockies game, when they had a chance to take the lead in that la- at the end of the game, he didn't look like the guy that's leading my team when he's striking out mm-hmm. and hits into that double play at the end. And I'm like, you know, I understand it happens to everybody, you know, but. I just I was like God. I, I I just I wanted more, and that's just me being selfish too. Just like you, you know, we want them to win. So mm-hmm. when we we go, all right, here we go. It's our best players coming up to the bat, and then he doesn't do it. It's like, damn it! You're supposed to be there for us. You're supposed to be the guy that we go and talk to our buddies, going, you see what our dude Chris Bryant did, and he didn't do it. And and that's where the sour taste comes in, but I'm with you. I don't want I don't want to give up on him. I mean, I, I just, unless I you get with a wild deal, that he didn't want to look at long term, you know, injury. I think that's why he was mm-hmm. very cautious. You know, when he would be inserted into the lineup, which sometimes he's like, oh, Chris Bryant's on the field today, but you know, it, it's just I think he just didn't want you know, and, and I'm sure that's you know for a lot of baseball players where. You know, one little thing, and and you could be done. You know, your career could be just over. So, you know, again, coming from just such a a monster high to, you know, having the worst season, hey, again, he's 25, 26 years old. I mean, you know, as long as that shoulder doesn't require more off-season surgery, I'm I'm hoping he just bounces back and and just kind of gets that team. Because, damn, that NL Central, hell, with the rumors of, you know, the Cardinals even possibly landing – you know, the, um, you know, it's just insane. Where again, the Central, Milwaukee, you know, was God the statement for them. You know, Pittsburgh is always yeah. scary sometimes, and whatever about Cincinnati. But again, they can always just bounce back and be like, what the red? And it doesn't matter whether it's football or baseball. You know, it's just so always up in the air, and and that's what's fun about it. And you know, that's why we have the winter to look forward to. For major league, and, you know, 
you think it's one of those things too where Chris Bryan is so well tied to Bryce Harper that Bryce Harper slumped the last year and a half too, and everyone's kind of going, "Wow, Harper and Bryant were the future." And, you know, these are the guys that were going to be able to be the NL version of Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they both slumped. And to be fair, look, I don't think it's fair to compare anybody to Trout. If you're going to compare anyone to Mike Trout, you're comparing him to Mickey Mantle with the, with the numbers mm-hmm. this guy puts up. I mean, every year it is, every year he's been in the league, he's either won or been the runner-up runner for MVP. You know, so I don't think it's fair to compare Harper and Bryant mm-hmm. to Mike Trout. But it's you know, that's just what the media does. That's what, you know, that's what we do as people like this. Yeah. You get people talking. And so I, I think too, with, with Harper slouching a little bit, I think when Bryant does, everyone goes, well, and ties them together, which isn't fair. So I don't know. Was Javi Baez robbed just due to the fact that Milwaukee got it that far into the playoffs? Oh, yeah. Christian Nellis is a little boy. <laughs> and he almost became public enemy number one after this year's playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. And, and screw my guy A-Rod for trading him. <laughs> with your with your stupid Project Wolverine that you're doing with this Marlins team the stupidest name. Why do you have a project for a team that you're trying to rebuild or that you're just yeah. like, here, here's the other thing is, is, um, you know, I, I know Dodgers could use them because he has money. Grandal is gone. And Austin Barnes is gone. And, you know, I don't know. Is Contreras a hundred percent, you know, comfortable with you as a starting catcher next year? Um, I'm I'm not against it. I mean, it, it depends on what else I guess is out there. I got to see who, who's available or what they will, you know, look at the the upcoming, you know, draft. Obviously, he's not going to start right away, but someone that can mold where Contreras can play for another season or so until you know whoever they draft is ready. Why, why don't Friedman or uh, or Epstein call Miami and call A Rod and go, look, what do you want for uh, Real Muto? Because he's going to say a Javier Baez, and I'm going to say no. Yeah, then you tell him to kiss your ass and be like, that's bull crap. Look what you gave him for Christian Yelich. Nothing. <laughs> Real Muto is a, is a guy who's taking up your salary because he's one of the best catchers in the league. You don't want the salary. Don't you give him to us. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I'm doing. I'm calling, I'm calling A-Rod and good old George Bush, and I'm going, what do you want for, what do you want for Real Muto? No, if I'm Theo Epstein, I'm calling J-Lo just to say, hey, what up, J-Lo? Get in your boy's ear and then say, hey, I got you, you know, sweet tickets for every Chicago, yeah. whatever you need. The key yeah, look, to the city tell you Chicago what. You, She's the queen of that. You give, us, uh-huh. <laughs> you, you give us real muto, and we'll give you guys a skybox at the Cubs games so you can Ooh. watch real baseball. Get it done for you. Uh, thank you all for checking in with us tonight. Late, over late night. We rocked and rolled. We weren't even going to do a show, and then I was sitting in a hot tub, and I was like, God, I want to talk basketball. Now Alex is like, send the invite. And two and a half hours later, we're finishing up with you guys. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow wrestling, which uh, 
I can't wait to talk. We got, what do we got? NXT we tomorrow, 15, DDT. We got 16 hours of wrestling, by the way, in two days. That's yeah, a I mean, lot. Like, we, we, so we need we to gotta figure out. Talent. <laughs> Because we gotta figure out how we're gonna do DDT Progress Survivor Series NXT Joey Janela. <laughs> there's yeah, so much wrestling to talk about. Oh yeah, there's the World Tag League. Two nights of that. Yeah. Which I've yet to even think about New Japan, which is crazy, isn't it? Hey, the fact that that they're doing a Bushi Goto at the Tag League Final, I might get my match. Yeah. Oh, All right, guys, we will talk to you all later. Hopefully the connection went well because we're both on cell phones. Uh, but it sounded good on my end. Appreciate it. Alex, thanks for talking yeah. with me tonight. Uh, I can't talk tomorrow. Check us out on Spotify, Strong Style Media, iTunes, Stitcher. Peace. I'm back for you. Later. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.